Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Has anyone got their Bibles yet today? Who's got a Bible? No, 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 not your phone. Talking about a, a Bible with pages and print. I wanted to encourage the church this morning. You know, we get lazy with all this other technology. You've got a Bible somewhere in your house. Put it with your car keys on a Sunday morning and bring it. That's just an encouragement. Where that came from, man. Bring your Bible. Amen. Well, church, things have gone crazy in the world. I mean, it's just like nobody could have planned for this five years ago. 30 years ago, Bible College, there was no course on how to handle 2020. 2020 was like a, a figure of speech for a clear vision. Well, 2020 has been anything but clear vision. I think that, any, that, that, that figure of speech is going to fall by the way. It's going to be referred to people who are going a little bit like uh, uh, quarantined in their personality. You know, he's gone a little bit 2020. <laughs> I mean, come on, what could have prepared us for this? The stuff happening around the world. The, the conspiracy theories on the one side and the scientific bombardment of information overload on the other side and, and we're trying to find our way through the middle. But praise God, there's now a vaccine. So we're safe at last. There's a vaccine and we are so fortunate. Because you're in our house today where the vaccine is. What's that vaccine's name? Come on, there is a vaccine. The world is in chaos, not just because of a virus. The world's in chaos because of selfishness and corruption and brokenness. Let me tell you, this new normal isn't a new thing. It happened in Genesis chapter 3. That's where the drama started. That's where the new abnormal started. And everything since then has just been an outworking of darkness getting darker and the kingdom of God getting brighter. Yeah. But there is an antidote. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm, Terry. You know, I want to have a room full of people like Terry to preach to and to make it so easy to preach. <laughs> so, you know, you're allowed to say amen or whatever you, whatever you have to say. But honestly, honestly, politics doesn't have the answer to the world's predicament. And, and you know what? God isn't even for the ANC or for the DA or for uh, the Democrats or for the Republicans or for uh, uh, Labour. He's, he's not for those things. He's for His kingdom. And His kingdom has a culture. 
and his kingdom inaugurated when Jesus preached his first message. And the kingdom came through every teaching of Jesus right up into Acts 8, 1 verse 7 when he met in upper room and he talked them for 40 days. Man, wouldn't you love to have been there and listen to those teachings? But he gave us a little sneak in look, uh, 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 look, look in when he said, the Holy Spirit's coming and he will teach you all things. And that's what church history has been. An unfolding of the Holy Spirit teaching the church. But there was a long thousand years darkness. And it's only been in the last few uh, uh, revivals and the last few visitations, or whatever you want to call them, renewals, that the light of God's good news of His kingdom is breaking out again. Arise and shine, for the light has come. God's not for this politician or for that politician. I get scared when I hear people saying, yeah, you know, it's been prophesied by this person, prophesied by this person, this person is going to get in, be in charge. And, you know, I don't know so much. I haven't met a politician who actually is at that standard, who has the authenticity or integrity to be able to deliver on what they promise. But I do know Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. I do know that there is a vaccine out there in the world right now. It's in this place this morning. In fact, you're being infected as I speak. Hallelujah. You've been infected with this vaccine against the virus of guilt, against the virus of fear. This vaccine is the antidote to the virus of, of, of condemnation. This, this virus that's being audibly transmitted to you. You know it can be transmitted in other ways. That's why we spoke last week or the weeks about the, the importance of laying on of hands. We're told not to lay hands, so we have to do it carefully, but we still do it. Because the scripture is a higher authority. We can do it responsibly. But, let me tell you, we need to lay hands on each other because there is a transference and there is a transmitting of, of this uh, vaccine DNA that comes through the laying on of hands. And I don't know any of you uh, watched, watched the, the sh uh, not the Sharks game, the Stormers, uh, sorry, the Blue Bulls. The Blue Bulls played the Lions, right? Okay. They, they got red carded. The, the blue bulls did. And the guy, I could see he was, I mean, who wants to be red carded on your first game? <laughs> it's his like international debut and he gets red carded. And he goes off and you can see he's a bit grumpy and his lips hanging down. And he goes and he sits on the bench and the camera focuses on him. And immediately you see the hands of all the players around him on his shoulder, squeezing, on his shoulder, squeezing, on the back of his head. Just this touch, touch. I, I, actually, tears, physical tears come into my eyes. People are desperate for touch. People are desperate for acknowledgement. And even when they mess up and they're red-carded in the temptations of life, even when they are red-carded by, by angry outbursts, even they're red-carded because they do some acceptable, unacceptable things that are going to have terrible consequences, they get a red card. Life is full of red cards. Come on, who's ever had a red card? 
Okay, just three of you. Well, I want to speak to the rest of you. When you get red carded, you need the body of Christ around you like never before. You need the touch of, of, of community around you like never before. I'm all for the digital internet reaching places as we are even now that can't physically be here. But I even say to those people, where you stay, you need to find community. If you want to stay tracking with our prophetic message that we're carrying, please do. But find a group of people that, that can be around you, that can stand with you. Because this vaccine is transmitted through people. It's transmitted as you read the Word of God. It's transmitted visually. That's why I say, get your Bible. Get it out. Dust it off. Get it used again. Underline like you used to. Journal like you used to. You, you can hear I had to preach this to myself first. You see, you only get me for 30 minutes on Sunday. I've got to live with myself for like the other six and a half days. <laughs> but this alternative kingdom is a kingdom of love. And that vaccine is the vaccine that we are called to infect the world with, which transforms the world out of selfishness, corruption, and misery. And it needs to be communicated through our audio. We need to catch it. We need to be vaccinated through the visual as we meditate on it. We need to be infected physically as we touched. I tell you, there's times I even smell fragrance. Have you ever smelled fragrances where you just know that's not, I don't know where that came from, but they just smelled like heaven or something beautiful. <laughs> now my mind's wondering a little bit. I heard a joke sometime in the week. A little child was asked, What is love? And they said, It's when mommy and daddy put perfume on and then go out and smell each other. <laughs> there's just some smells that have got beautiful feelings and memories and they evoke all kinds of, of passion. Our smell, our, our hearing. Our, this love vaccine is transmitted, but we have to receive it. Now, now you, you do get people who say, I just need God. To keep my love tank full, I've been hurt by people. I went to this church and they never phoned me on my birthday. So I left that church and I went to another church and the pastor didn't greet me. So I've decided now I'm going to just build a little fortress and I'm going to live happily because Jesus and me only. My friend, well, first of all, how's that going for you? But more seriously, he never intended your tank to be full that way. He intended your tank to be full through community. And, of course, worship. I'm not discounting slightly the fact that individual worship and corporate worship are the instruments of, they're the, the drip feeders. They're the intravenous feeders of, of the vaccine that I need in my life. Because I can only give love to the measure I'm receiving love. I can only be a lover to the measure that I've got love in me. My love tank, your love tank. Right now, how's it doing? I know mine's running low when I get 
grumpy, when I get short with people. But my wife will tell you those things never happen. And she's not here to defend herself this morning. It's like my, my darling mom growing up in springs. We would drive around. I'd say, Mom, look, true story. Your needles have been on red for three days. Your petrol tank has been on red for three days. Mom, <laughs> is this a good idea, driving around on your own, single mom? You know, at night time, picking up, dropping off. Oh, yo, 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 don't worry. Then you pull into the petrol station. Too red. You know, just get over the red needle. You don't have to live your Christian life like that. You don't have to live just on the red all the time. Just on the red all the time. We've got to saturate ourselves in the love of God because that is what is going to infect this world to be the right side up again. Nothing else. No political groups. God is not for Donald Trump. God is not for this other bloke. God is not for Sarah Boss. God will raise up the Babylonians if that serves his purpose better. Let me tell you, God's ways are not our ways in any sense. God is for his people. That's who he's for. He's for. He's for the destitute. He's for the hurting. He's for those who, who have been sold into child sla sex slavery. That's who God is for. God is for the downtrodden. God is for the poor. God is for the destitute. And He has a solution. And it's called His body on earth. We are the needle that deposits His remedy into the world around us. How's your love tank at the moment? Is it filling up as I speak? Is it filling up? I can see why Paul writes somewhere here in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that uh, from verse 1 he says follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially the gift to prophesy. Isn't that beautiful? Just coming out of chapter 13. I'm sure we're all fairly familiar with 13. Chapter 13, the love chapter. If you've been to a few weddings, you've probably got it memorized. It's not just for weddings, but a wedding is a great illustration of for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus loves his bride, amen. But, but verse 14 he starts and he says, follow the way of love. You know, you can actually make a decision to follow the way of love. It's like you make a decision. If I'm going to go to Peter Meritsburg, I can go this way, I can go that way, or if I want to go down to the... You decide beforehand which way you're going to go. Here he's saying, choose the way of love. When you're going to speak to someone, choose the way of love. When you're going to uh, 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 correct somebody, choose the way of love. And let me say that. Love is not a wishy-washy thing. Love is not just like, oh, you know, 
please, please, somebody love me. Love me, please, somebody. I need some love. Please love me. Please, somebody, somebody love me. I mean, don't do that. That's like weird. Love sometimes. In fact, let me pause there and say, if you are feeling a love deficit, how you get love is not asking for it. It's by sowing love to reap love. The moment, the moment you see a need or you have something to tell somebody and you do it in love, you see even the truth, if it's not spoken in love, it's not even the truth, man. Correction is not correction if it's not done in love. And all of us know as parents that there are moments we have to bring correction. All of us know as employers that there's times you have to bring correction. All of us know, even in the ministry, there's times where correction needs to be brought and there's times where there's discipline. But all of those things are done in the culture of love. The kingdom is a kingdom of love. It's the oxygen we breathe. If you want to know what heaven smells like, breathe it in. It's called love. It's called love. And that is the atmosphere that's going to change our planet. You see, our, our loving other people is not based on them being worthy of our love. Our loving them is just because of who we are. You love somebody because love has been deposited into your heart. Not because they deserve it or are worthy of it. In fact, the moment you love them, amazingly, they become worthy. The measure to which you love something, you give it value. So when your child hangs onto a toy that's already bruised and battered and torn, and, but you can't go to sleep without that thing, it's her love that's given that piece of cloth value. We give value to things that don't have natural value because we love them. We choose to love them. God chose to love unvaluable people that he could have closed the book in Genesis chapter 3 and started all over again. But redemption kicked in and God said, I've got a plan to bring these people back to myself. And through the blood, he brought us back. Through the blood, through that crimson thread, through the covenants, through the priesthood, through the, 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 the commandments, through uh, the prophets, through John the Baptist. That line of blood was following until the time of Christ. And he said, now... Nah, it's finished. Come on. Come on. We hold the remedy. We hold the vaccine. On earth, as it is, in heaven. If your love tank is empty, you're like a submarine that's deep down in the water that gets crushed by the pressure. Keeps the submarine together is that its internal pressure equals the external pressure. Never has there been a time in this crazy, chaotic world to be saying, God, I want my fuel gauge to be on extra, extra full. I'm going to get that through my private worship. I'm going to get that through public worship. But I'm also going to get that through community, where we see each other, where we touch each other, where we, hear, where, where we encourage each other. No wonder Paul says in Corinthians 14, follow this way, also follow the gifts, because the world needs a demonstration of power. And then he says especially prophecy. Why does he take prophecy out of all that? Well, if you read on, you see that speaking in tongues edifies ourselves. 
but prophesying edifies who? Speak in tongues. I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul says, not me. I try. <laughs> I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I'd rather someone prophesy in the church. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies, prophesies to your mutual edification, encouragement, and comfort. That's right. Come on. So following the way of love, following, walking out this, this commission of love, culture into a, 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 a debunked worldly culture has power through the prophetic and the spoken word in the church and through the church. That's why we need the prophetic voice. I was on a Zoom, on, so was Kathy and, and Mark and Steve and a few others this last Thursday morning, Friday morning with Robin Glender from Hong Kong. We couldn't physically get together this year, but we got together on Zoom with, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 pastors. And there was a strong reminder to, for, for the prophetic to, to be released. And I can see why. Because when you prophesy to others, you are building them up. You are edifying them. You are encouraging them. When we prophesy this message of the good news outside of these walls, we are infecting <laughs> the culture that is around us. And let me tell you, it's contagious, friends. Some of you are, uh, some of you are being infected right now. Where are you sitting? Yeah, you're being infected. Sorry, there's no mask for it. You're being infected. Sorry, there's no hand sanitizer for it. You're being infected. Sorry, no thermometer can de detect it. You're being infected. And your being infected is going to exponentially infect others that come within your parameter in the next couple of days. Because God promised, not the pastor, not the preacher, not me, God promised, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And part of that was being baptized with the love Can we, can we just stand for a moment? Uh, you know, talking is one thing, but the word being confirmed is another. And you'll notice around you there's some communion tables that have been set up. And while we, we've observed as much as possible to sanitize and to do all the correct things, I want to encourage you to go over to one of those tables, take the bread, take the cup, two separate uh, vessels and then just stand around with the people that are standing near you and, and just stand don't say anything, don't even pray just stand with a few people just stand and see yourselves being bound together with a golden cord of love just in your, close your eyes and in the, 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 the vision of your mind you know, if one group's too big, find another group. Make a group. Start a church or whatever you want to do. Just get together with a couple of folks. Stand around. Get the bread. Get the cup. Nobody say anything. Just stand. Be conscious. Be conscious of the people standing around you. No touching. No praying. No prophesying. Just stand and in your mind's eye, with your eyes closed, see 
a golden cord wrapping around, wrapping around from person to person, person to person. Genesis 3 was replaced by a new king, a new authority, a benevolent king. His name is Jesus. And his word to you is you, church, are my vaccine for this community and my church across the globe will bring transformation in these last days by the power of my love working through them. As we take the bread now, we remember it cost Jesus everything. By his stripes we are healed. And he took the cup and he said, as often as you do this in remembrance of me. He says, this is the blood of the new covenant. Don't rush now. Just, just hold it for a moment before you move around. Just, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, morning four o'clock God woke me up and he laid this church in my heart and he said that I needed to come and speak faith into your hearts again 
I felt there were many people whose eyes had been shaken. I felt God say this. He said, the shaking that you've been facing hasn't been to crumble you and to cause you to fall. But it has happened because God wanted to show you what you were rooted in. You see, those who built their house on the rock will stand, but those who built on their house, will, their sand will fall. And God said, this has been a time of showing you what your roots have been rooted in. And I felt God say two things. He said, how deep are your roots and how high are your eyes? And I feel God is saying, it's time to let your roots go deeper and to let your eyes go beyond the storm. Because the storms are not there to shake you. The storms are not there to ruin you. And the storms are not there to cause you to feel vulnerable. But the storms are there for you to see the authority and the power of that which is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this is a time to rise up into the greater glory and into the greater love and to the greater authority that God has put on this church. And God has put great authority of glory on this church. And I felt God say that lift my, lift the eyes, lift the eyes. Let them see. Let them see my face. Let them see my glory. And I felt God say this. Nothing will be established when we fix our eyes on circumstances. Because whenever God is in it, circumstances have always been against it. And I felt God say, you've got to speak to your storms. You've got to speak to your mountains. I felt God say that he's about to do the greatest miraculous power and release the greatest glory upon earth that we've ever seen. But we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We've got to keep our arms lifted in praise. We've got to keep our minds completely fixed on Jesus Christ. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. Do not look at the sides of the storm. Because God says what is within you is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I feel that God is saying to you, whatever you are wanting and expecting from Him, it's going to come from the place of not being shaken. Everything that God has ever done, He did when He rose the dead from the place of circumstances. And God says circumstances will look dead. Situations will look dead. It will look like there's no income. It will look like nothing is working your way. It will look like nothing is going the way that you think it should be going. But God says, remember, I'm the God of the impossible. I'm the God that causes people to walk on that which is storms. I'm the God that looks at a mountain and says, leave. And the mountain has to flee. I personally have seen the dead raised twice. I've seen a dead baby in the womb come back after three weeks of being dead. I've seen miraculous things happening repeatedly in my life. And every time it's been standing against the circumstances. And I feel like God is saying to you as a church today, I've called you for glory. I've called you for faith. I've called you to pour my love out to a world. But you cannot pour it out while you've been rooted on shaky sand. And it's time to make sure that your roots go deeper into the rock of Jesus Christ individually and personally. And then it's time to lift your eyes, lift your head, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Because he started it, he's going to finish it and he wants to use you. You have been called for a time such as this to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. You are not guided or ruled by circumstances, but you are guided and ruled by the God of the impossible. I feel, I feel the Lord say, yes, we received that word. I feel the Lord say that many of us have been associated with deep pain in our lives, in our pasts, and even in family circles, there's there've been. There's been the pain of losing loved ones, pain of uh, drug abuse or seeing people led astray. There's been pain in our country as well. 
been a lot of pain. There's been a pain, not just in this country, but many countries around the world. There's been a pain of, of colonization, where powers came in and, and, and disrupted the natural flow and harmony of things. And, and greed and corruption and selfishness came in. And, and there's been a lot of pain around the world through systems that have been put in place. But Jesus just wants to say again, that through the cross, through the cross, he became the sin of rejection. He became the sin of corruption. Jesus had his land stolen from him. He was the creator of all things. And Satan uh, manipulated man into high treason to relinquish the keys over the earth. So much so that when he came to Jesus in the, God, in the wilderness of temptation... He said, I will give you these kingdoms. And Jesus doesn't refute that because the Satan was the God of this world. But Jesus came with an agenda. Satan overplayed his card. Jesus went into the bowels of earth, took back the keys of death and hell and rose triumphantly and went up into heaven and now reigns legally through a body on earth, a legitimate authority, his ambassadors and priests here on earth. He says, I took your pain. I took the pain of this nation. I suffered rejection. It's now over. It is now past. It is finished. It is finished. The pain is over. The pain is gone in the spirit world. And what we call to do is to bring that information to people still living bitter, and separated, guilty, and condemned. That's the job of the ambassadors. To go and tell people what Jesus rightfully got back for them. And that they don't have to live in delusion. They don't have to live under the lies of the enemy anymore. But now, when they hear this good news of his kingdom, part of that is that pain was taken on the cross. Jesus dealt with it. And now he offers the free gift of love to replace. Yeah, I just feel we need to take that prophetic word seriously. Um... You know, God is saying he, he has called this church. And the, and the dream he gave me, I'm, I've been tossing and turning about that dream. And, and I don't feel it's a dream to just put on the shelf. Because when he said to me, ten virgins now and sovereignty, God is going to bring a revival and it's going to be like none other. So I agree with that word fully and full-heartedly. You've got to stand here and decide in your heart. Because ten virgins were church people. Okay, five were ready and five were not. So are you ready? Because you are either going to be in with what God is doing or you are going to be left on the side watching and wishing you were. Okay, because he is going to fill you with such immense power and such authority like the church has never seen before. But he's going to give it to people who are in his presence, who are intimate with him, who know him, who hear him, who walk according to his tune and his heartbeat and his army and how his army marches with that authority. 
So my question to you today is, are you ready to be in that five virgins, ready to take on the authority he's given you? Because church, if you're not ready, you are going to be wishing you had been. And I don't want to be wishing I had been. I'm going to get on my knees today and say, Jesus, come. And I'm going to hand this to Steve because I know this is his heartbeat. Thank you. Thanks, Donna. Thanks. Um, Yeah, just as Donna was talking, I just felt... Luke 18, verse 8, come where, Shimon, where Jesus said, When I return to the earth, will I still find faith in people? And I felt this morning, that is a question that Jesus is asking each one of us. If I return today, will I still find faith in you? Would you still be faithful? Would you still be prayerful? Would you still be expectant? And I just felt I want to pray into that right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, we there's nothing more in our lives that we want to see that you that you return to the earth, Lord. We look around and we see the, the kingdoms of this world, Lord God, just falling to pieces and being shaken. But you've given us a kingdom that cannot be shaken, Lord God. And you are a worthy king, Jesus. You are an excellent, excellent king in every single way. And you would reign and rule, Lord Jesus, like no other has ever reigned and ruled. And so we say, Lord Jesus, come. Our hearts this morning are expectant. We say, Lord, we want you to come back today. And today, Lord, is the day that we can say that we need you in our lives. That we would be devastated without you, Lord. That your love and your power and your goodness, and your peace, and everything through the new covenant, Lord, is our life. And we say, Lord Jesus, come, and we expect you to come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. Amen. Are you ready to go out and vaccinate the world around you? Yeah. Are you ready to go and be infectious? 